Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18. And be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess. For those of you that may question that, that's not a license to drink. (laughs) But be filled with the Spirit. Spirit, not spirits. Okay, now that all the jokes are out of the way. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, look at verse 19. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, Singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Don't those people get on your nerves? They just walk around humming and singing all the time and just happy. And You know why they get on your nerves? Because it's the flesh. It's the flesh. See, the spirit and the flesh don't get along. But what does this word tell us? It tells us that We're to encourage ourselves. You know, over in Jude it says to build yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. And this word here tells us that we ought to encourage ourselves by singing. Making some melody in our hearts. I don't even know how to define melody, but I know it means to make it sound good. Right? Make it sound good. Sing to yourself. Y'all ever sing when you're mowing or something like that? People would think I'm I'm crazy if they come by and saw me mowing the yard. But what am I doing? I'm encouraging myself. I'm encouraging myself, reminding myself not only what those songs say by the words, but the meaning behind them now. And we can do the same thing with the Word of God. We can remember those Scriptures, remember what those verses say, the promises that lay in those pages. And we can build ourselves up based on that Word. Based on the encouragement of our mouth. And I want you to see, very few times am I encouraged by thinking it. It's a physical action. When I begin to speak, it's like putting faith into action. I'm beginning to speak those words and it's because I'm taking an action, I'm, I'm doing something, that encouragement then comes. If we encourage ourselves and keep ourselves built up, guess what? We can encourage others. You can't encourage somebody else when you're down. Y'all ever tried to do that? You ever tried to encourage somebody that just had a death in their family and you're sad about it too? You might as well not even try. Because you, I, I had to talk to this lady one time that had just lost her husband. That was a dear man to me. He meant so much to me. And I just wanted to, I just wanted to tell her how much I loved him and how much I cared for her and encouraged her some. And, you know, I just broke down crying right there. I know that didn't help that woman one bit. It didn't encourage her any because I wasn't encouraged, right? I knew where he was, but it didn't help my heart any, right? 
So I couldn't encourage her when I'm feeling down. So we need to stay encouraged ourselves. Those people that annoy us, that go around just happy all the time, and, and oh, isn't God good? And, hey, man, it gets on my nerves. But that's my flesh. That's my flesh talking. It's not my spiritual nature. My spiritual nature would welcome a conversation about my God. A spirit, my spiritual nature would welcome somebody in my presence giving praise to God. But my flesh gets in the way and says, oh, I don't want to hear that this morning. It's too early for all that nonsense. Right? That's what my flesh says. So encourage yourself. Don't wait on somebody else to encourage you. Don't wait around on somebody. If you do, you're going to be waiting a while. Encourage yourself. Be a testimony is the next section. Joshua 1 and 8. It says, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. How does that work? Just by following God's law and meditating on it. How does that make us successful? I don't know, man. I don't know. It's one of them mystical things of God. I don't know that I can explain it. All I know is that when you follow God's law, you stay in the boundaries He set, you do what He says is the right thing to do, and you meditate on what He says to do, God will prosper you. I don't know how He does it. doesn't really matter. doesn't really matter. How does, how does He take the little bit of money you tithe with and bring more to you? How does He take that little bit you give Him and multiply it? The Word says He'll open the windows of heaven and pour a blessing out that you can't contain. Don't know how He does it. I just know He does. So we need to be a testimony. It says that the Word needs to be on your lips. Meditate in it. Stay in it as much as you can. Every waking minute minute that you have an opportunity, be thinking on the Word of God. How do you do that? It's not easy. You know, if it was easy, if it just came naturally, they wouldn't even have to mention it. It would just be an assumption that you're going to do that, right? That's not how it is, though. You have to, you have to, especially at the first, you have to make a forceful effort, and I mean forceful, to meditate on the Word of God. It don't have to be complicated. You take one little scripture and just think on that thing all day long. It don't even have to have meaning to you right then. Just find you a scripture and meditate on it all day long. Every time you get a minute, if you got to, stick a post-it note to your forehead. And you know what? That has a that has a twofold effect. Other people see it too. Praise God. Be a testimony to people. Keep His Word in your heart and on your lips. 
Those two can't exclude the other one. You've got to keep them together. It has to be in your heart. It has to come out your mouth. We become a living testimony of God's goodness then. That's why I ask you to testify tonight. We've got to be a testimony to people. There can't be any encouragement out of our mouth if we don't testify about the goodness of God. Listen, why would anybody want to serve God if they never heard nothing but negative things from Christians? They would say, man, I'm staying as far away from that as possible. Right? You know why I choose not to go to bars and drink and things like that? Is it just because I'm a preacher and I shouldn't? No, I made a decision a long time ago. I didn't want no part of it. Because I've seen nothing but destruction. I've seen nothing but trouble in the lives of the people that partook of those things. I stayed away from it. Same way, if us Christians don't have a a word of encouragement, don't have that positive testimony to, to those that are around us, if we don't give them a reason to ask about the hope that's in us, we don't ever have an opportunity to tell them then. We don't show them that we have hope. They won't ever know to ask. Peter told us we should be always ready to give a reason for our hope. Encourage others. Psalms 105, 1 through 5. It says, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord. Man, we could just stop right there. Give thanks unto the Lord. Call upon His name. Make known His deeds among the people. Sing unto Him. Sing psalms psalms unto Him. Talk ye of all His wondrous works. Glory ye in His holy name. Let the heart of them that rejoice... I'm sorry, let the heart of them rejoice that seek the Lord. Seek the Lord in His strength. Seek His face evermore. Remember His marvelous works that He hath done. His wonders and His judgments of of His mouth. And the judgments of His mouth. What does this Scripture mean? It's pretty blatant what it's telling you to do. Tell others what God has done for you. Tell everybody you come in contact with. Especially, I want you to see what it said. It says, tell the people. Who's the people? It didn't say tell all people. It said tell the people. That means your group, right? Who you're a part of. If you can't build up the people at church, who are you going to build up? If they can't be encouraged by your testimony, you need to reevaluate your testimony. If you can't build Christians up by telling them about the things God's done in your life, you need to search and find some things God's done in your life. Listen, the church needs to be built up. The church needs to be encouraged. We need to encourage others, other Christians. Our testimony ain't just for the lost. Our testimony's for one another. I guarantee y'all, it encouraged me to hear Brother Don give his testimony. It encouraged me to hear Brother Jerry tell about his truck. It encourages me to hear people say what God's done. 
one of my fondest memories when I was a kid was those times that people would stand up and testify. It was just like sitting around the table with some older folks and listening to all those stories, you know what I mean? It just, I don't know, it just did something in me. I wanted to hear those things, those little wonderful things, because you can't hear that stuff anywhere else. You can't make this stuff up, man. You can't make up the, the wonderful things that God does. You can't. Because He does stuff that's just... Man, it'll just blow your mind how He moves things around and, and makes openings and, and closes doors and, and guides your path to put you right where He wants you to be for that time period. It just blows your mind. When you sit back and examine and see all the things that He had to do to make a way and how He does it without ever harming somebody else. That testimony, man. That testimony is the thing that that will take little kids and make their ears perk up and they say, whoa, I didn't know that was possible. You know what it does? It ignites a spark of faith in somebody. See, other Christians come into church and they may be wore out. They may be beat down and downtrodden and at the end of their faith. And then Jerry stands up and said, I want to thank God that He helped me get a new truck. And somebody sitting over here says, what? Wait a minute, I remember God used to do stuff like that for me. Wait a minute, I serve a God that's bigger than my problems. Wait a minute, I don't have to be beat down. And see, all of a sudden that faith begins to well up with inside you and you start to stretch and grow a little further than you had before you heard it. It's that testimony that we as just Christians not only need to share with each other and build our church believers, our fellow believers up, but we need to take it out into the world. Tell people what God has done for you. Don't be ashamed of it. Don't forget it. That's the main thing. It's so easy to forget the things that God has done. You get used to having God's favor until you don't have it anymore. You lose sight of how great and mighty He is because you get used to it. You know, if we were to compare... The financial status of everybody in here, we'd see a a huge range. Does that mean that God's favored some more than others? No. You You can't draw that conclusion just based on income. Like Brother Don said, he realized money didn't really have anything to do with it. Money really didn't indicate God's favor and God's blessing in his life. It was those other things that you can't just go get more money. I mean, you can just go get more money. You can't just go get more kids, more family. You can't go get just more relationship with God. That's what you got. And if you just throw it away, man, you just really lost something. Money's nothing. You know, I can I can sit at the house all weekend, not get to go out to eat. I enjoy going out to eat. I enjoy going to the store and buying stuff, and but I don't have to. 
But you take one of my kids away and, man, it can't ever be replaced. You know, Bill Cosby used to say in one of his little stand-up routines, I always liked Bill Cosby. He was talking to his kids, trying to line his son out. And uh, his son had popped off. He said, boy, you better watch out. I brought you into this world and I'll take you out. I can make another one that looks just like you. I always thought that was hilarious. So y'all better listen, kids. The truth is, <laughs> the truth is, they are so individual, so unique. It's not possible to make another one just like them. I look at Don and John, they're twins. They're so much alike in so many ways, but they're worlds apart in others. You know, you can't make another one just like them. They're precious. To, to, you know, the parents. It's not something to just be tossed away. But you start to look at our, our possessions, our, our TVs, our, t- our, our cars and our houses, and I can make another one. And you know what? The second time around, I might think of something better I want to do. I might upgrade my car. You know, it's It's nothing. But man, we start to examine the real blessings in our life. The real favor of God in our life. Man, it's immeasurable. I was watching this thing this week and it was from a sermon. Some guy preached. They took a recording of his sermon and kind of put a video with it. And I can't even come close to saying what all this guy said. But he was talking about... uh, He said, do you know my king? And he started saying, my king is this and my king is that. And man, he just went through this list. I mean, the thing went on for probably five minutes or more. And it's just, it's, it, it just blows my mind. He must have been reading it off the paper. But everything he said, man, it just it gets you excited inside remembering who it is you serve. How great and mighty He is and how awesome He is. The things He's done for us, man. The, just salvation alone. We get, we get to the point where it's just, it's just kind of in the background. You know, we never would, we would never belittle it. We would never say it doesn't mean that much. But how do we treat it sometimes? Sometimes we treat that the thought of salvation like it's just kind of yeah i know done that right it's it's taken care of i don't have to worry about that no more i don't have to deal with that anymore but you stop and think about the cost you stop and think about what was really done there the the victory that was attained we've been talking in the, about this in sunday school son Man, what he did, the, the being freed from the bondage of sin. Why am I telling you all this kind of stuff tonight? I want you to remember that you have a testimony. I want you to remember it doesn't matter what all of the circumstances look like around you. I don't care how much money you don't have. I don't care how many new cars you don't have to drive. I'm telling you, you have a testimony. And it may be the simplest thing like salvation. Salvation simple. You hear that? 
Man, that's a glorious thing. That's a wonderful thing. It ain't some little insignificant thing. That's salvation. You were bought with a price. You were set free from sin. And you want to tell me you don't have something to rejoice about. We have a magnificent testimony. We serve a wonderful God. I want you to be revitalized. I want you to be rejuvenated. I want you to walk out here with a little bit of a skip in your step, remembering who you serve. You serve a wonderful king, a mighty king. He doesn't force himself on you, but he paid the price for you. He doesn't demand a whole lot, but he requires a certain standard, doesn't he? It's wonderful to serve him. So, where's your testimony? You need to find your testimony. Go go dig it out of the drawer you left it in and dust it off. If you need to spend some time remembering it, write it down. You need to find a testimony. You may be sitting there saying, I don't really have I don't really have much I you know, I, God's never really moved mountains for me. He's never never really saved me from any major accident. I, you know, I don't, what can I say? Are you a child of God? Listen, you got a testimony. I don't know about you, but Psalms 40 just speaks volumes about what God did for me. See, I was in a horrible pit. I was in the miry clay. Couldn't get out on my own. You can't clean yourself up, Brother Tim. You can't do it yourself. I tried. Man, I tried. Try to do right. Try to do good. Oh, God, I know I can't, I can't do this on my own. I, I need to do better. What does He do? Sticks out His hand and pulls you out. Not only does He pull you out. See, it's real easy to pull somebody out of, a, out of some quicksand and then let them go. And what do they do? They start sinking back in. He didn't just pull me out. He took me. I don't know how far away it was. I would imagine probably a long ways because I was in a deep pit. But He took me and He set me over on a rock. And He didn't just leave me sitting on the rock. The Word says He established my goings. What does that mean? He prepared me for the journey. He gave me the necessities that I had that I had need of. He, he gave me what I needed that I might continue on. And get away from that horrible pit. He set me on a rock and established my goings. See, that's what my God does. Now, if you can't find a testimony in Psalms 40, listen, me and you need to have a talk because I don't think you know what salvation is. If you can't find a testimony about what God has done for you, then you need to get on your knees and cry out to the Most High King and say, God, I need you. Listen, He's done things for me that I can't even begin to put into words. But I know He did them. It always kind of cracks me up how people will say He's indescribable, but then they try to describe Him. (laughs) What they ought to say is, He's indescribable, but I'm going to give it my best shot and listen to what I have to say. He is indescribable. His power is indescribable. You've got a reason to have a testimony, y'all. 
You've got a reason. I want you to remember that reason tonight. It don't matter what your reason is. Listen, you may not have the same testimony I have, but I guarantee you we got something in common. If you're a child of God, you've got the same kind of testimony. He, you was in a terrible place. And He pulled you out of it. Some of these kids have already asked Jesus in their heart. They don't know what a pity is yet. They don't know, man. I hope they don't ever find out. But one of these days, even if they never get into one of them horrible pits, they're going to have a testimony. They're going to say, you know what? I see things around me. I see people's lives that have just been... just been, oh, They're putrid. I see the, the devastation that sin has wreaked in their lives. You know, just, just destroyed families. And here I am, seemingly untouched. <laughs> That's a wonderful testimony, y'all. I look at my friends, people I went to school with, and I see just devastation in their lives. There ain't no excuse for it other than sin. And I look at my life and say, I don't know what they're talking about. I don't see the problem. I don't understand why these people are stressing all the time. I don't understand why these people have to live on drama in their life. Why do they have to live like that? You know why? Because I've got the favor of God. I've got the favor of God. I've got a wonderful testimony. I didn't have to be subjected to those kind of things, but because I had praying parents that, that loved me, that set an example, that broke all sorts of bondages before I even got here. That's a blessed inheritance. That's a blessed legacy to leave your kids. And you think you don't have a testimony. What about them people that was before you that prayed? What about those people that was before you that, that broke ground? Broke new ground? And said, we ain't going to stay where we were. We're going to move over here. We're going to go on this rock. We're going to set up on this rock that God established us on. And we're going to take the things He provided us with. And that's how we're going to go. We ain't going back to the pit. See, there was people like that in my past. Man, you look at the Alfred, y'all. Just look at the Alfred families. Sin and debauchery. This is the only thing I can think of. Do they know God? Yeah, they know who God is. I don't know how well they know Him. There's a few of them here and there that over the years, they've seen the testimony of my dad and, and others and, and they've finally succumbed to the, the forces that be and say, okay, okay God. But what's all happened during this time? Their lives are, are wrecked. You know, there's, like I said this morning, there's a consequence for sin. And just because you turn to God doesn't mean the consequences are going to leave. Just because you turn to God doesn't mean He's just going to take everything in your life and whoosh, gone. No. Listen, there's still consequences to pay. And you look at those families and you see there's still consequences of sin in those lives. But I had a father that said, you know what? He lived those lives. He lived that life. He said, you know what? No more. I'm putting an end to it. I'm breaking loose from that. Y'all, I've got a testimony. It didn't even have to be me that endured it. 
It didn't even have to be me that encountered it. I'm telling you today, you look back in your past and you see who broke ground. You see who broke away from those, those bondages. You've got a testimony. You wouldn't be sitting here today if you didn't. You'd be off somewhere else doing something else. Maybe laying in a ditch somewhere. Because somebody knocked you in the back of the head coming out of a beer joint. Maybe you're going down the road and you've been drinking and you had a wreck. I don't know. The thing is, you're not. You're sitting here tonight. You're sitting here with fellow believers hearing about a testimony. I'm telling you, you got a testimony, people. you got a testimony. We need to make sure we tell people. We need to make sure that encouragement of our mouth is what goes before us. It's real easy for me to... I have a tendency to lean toward the not negative, but realist side. That can be a bad thing sometimes. Because it sounds negative sometimes. And you know, I also have a tendency in the mornings to really not want to hear anything anybody has to say. I really want you to just shut up and leave me alone. This is what I want. Okay? You know, I heard a lady at work one day, and she got pretty upset. I had to go apologize to that woman. Man, that hurt. I don't know how much it hurt her, but it hurt me to have to do that. I walked in, and she hit me right off the bat. Kevin, I got a problem. I was like, I just stood there and kind of looked at her with this sarcastic. Look on my face of, I really don't want to hear anything you have to say, but I'm listening. Right? And she kept talking. And I said, do you realize what time it is? I said, it's 7.30. I don't start work till 8. Oh, man, that was the wrong thing to say, y'all. I shouldn't have said stuff like that. That's my flesh that I've got to rain in, right? I have a pretty good relationship with that woman today. But it ain't because just because I apologized. See, anybody can apologize, but it takes a while to fix it. That's right. Now, how would it have been if this lady would have came to me and not only did I help her without complaining, which I should have, but I would have had some encouraging words on a Monday morning. There ain't no telling what kind of weekend that woman had. There ain't no telling what was going on in her life. That's the thing. We don't know what's going on in somebody else's life. We don't know what they need to hear. But if I'd have had the Word of God on my lips, and I was meditating in it like I should have been, and I was singing psalms in my heart, encouraging myself you know what my response would have been? It wouldn't have been sarcasm and negativity, I guarantee you. I didn't have a testimony that morning. And I'll be honest with you, my flesh didn't want to have a testimony that early in the morning. That's why the Word says we need to walk in the Spirit, not in the flesh. The flesh don't want to testify. The flesh don't want to stand up and praise God. The flesh don't want to raise your hands and sing at the top of your voice. 
But the Spirit does. Yeah. 